a chance for Mule and Burroughs. They score! And the Mules score! Scores! Three in a row for the Mules! Duke has to put it up at the bunker! It's good! And the Mules win it! Coming to you from Allentown, Pennsylvania, welcome to the Mule and Mules podcast. Each episode, we'll talk to the coaches, staff, athletes, and alumni who make up the Muhlenberg Athletics family and are proud to call themselves Mules. And welcome back to the Muhlenberg Mules podcast. We took a break last week for the election, and after talking about the election, COVID, and Native Americans the last few episodes, we thought we could use something to laugh about. So our guest this week is Emma Rosenthal, a 2018 graduate of Muhlenberg College and three-year starting goalie on the field hockey team. Emma recently graduated from DePaul University with a Master of Fine Arts degree in screenwriting with a concentration in comedy. So welcome, Emma. Good to be here, Mike. You're going to help us laugh today? We could we could use some laughter. I hope so. So w- when I um, contacted you about appearing on our podcast, I contacted you through Facebook. And then what should appear on my Facebook the other day on, under people you might know? And it's a picture of Joe Biden looking pretty much the same as, as he looks today with his hand on your shoulder and you look like you're about four years old. Uh, I did look four years old. I hate to break it, I was 14. Four, okay, well, how did that happen? How did you wind up in a picture with uh, with Joe Biden? Yeah, I mean, that that's a funny story. So I've I've been politically involved for a while. My mom's in politics and we were at a an event and Joe Biden happened to be there. And there was a separate room of people that had paid, you know, like the $2,500 for the fundraiser to meet and get their picture taken with Joe Biden. And uh, we did not. But somebody spotted me and said, you know, I, I looked for, like you said, they said, oh, my God, she has to meet Joe Biden. And so my mom and I are in the room talking to people. And all of a sudden the doors close. Secret Service comes and goes, everybody against the wall. And uh we hadn't had our background checks. We hadn't been checked by Secret Service like everybody else in the room. And we just happened to uh, sneak up into line. And I got I got three photos with Joe Biden. So it was, it was pretty cool. Nice. What, what are the odds of, of you, you sneaking a picture with Joe Biden these days? Whoa. <laughs> I got I got I did get to see him when he came to Bucks County. They had a thing for like 100 volunteers. So I did get to go to that. And I got to see I got to see Jill pretty close uh, during the campaign as well. Nice. That's just uh, that was just a nice little thing that that goes in your background. But we're here we're here today to talk about your uh, your interest in comedy. You recently graduated from from DePaul with a with a master's in screenwriting and a concentration in comedy. When did you get into comedy? When did you find that making people laugh was uh, is, is something that that you enjoy doing and and were good at doing? Uh, I'd always been the class clown, but it was more of you know a hobby. I started doing stand-up in high school, which is pretty young compared to most people, but around, I think, 11th grade, not to get sad here for a second, because it's not, you know, so my my dad died when I was in high school, and I realized, you know, I, I want to be happy, and making people laugh makes me happy, and so I decided I was going to channel that energy into making others laugh and making others feel the way that comedy had made me feel. And so I started writing jokes and then I got up on stage and did them. And then you decided after you graduated from Muhlenberg that you wanted to, wanted to pursue that yeah, even further. And, yeah. And at Muhlenberg, I actually founded the stand-up comedy group SIT on campus 
And so that was huge to bring stand up to Muhlenberg. And I, I chose Muhlenberg because it, it had all sorts of creative outlets where I could play sports and, and pursue uh, creative interests. So, you know, they say, if there's not a stage, make your own. And Muhlenberg gave me the opportunity to do that. So then you, you found this program at, at DePaul and you're actually one of the first students in, in that program. Yeah, the program kind of fell into my lap. I was actually driving home from graduation, graduating from Muhlenberg. I thought I was just going to be a stay-at-home daughter, didn't know what I was going to do. And a friend texted me and said, I heard about this program. Applications aren't due until July. And I went home and applied that day and got in and uh, moved to Chicago within the month. And yeah, it's the only, the only masters of comedy in the world. And I was part of the first group of 10 people. It was a uh, collaborative program with the Second City out in Chicago. So half of my classes were at DePaul, learning the foundations of screenwriting. And uh, half of my classes were at Second City, where I you know, learned from the absolute masters of comedy, people who had written for SNL and teachers who had performed with Mike Myers. And it was just, it was really cool to be in the, in the presence of all of that. I imagine you've had to probably answer this more than a few times. It sounds like if you're going to college to study comedy, you, you probably, people must think you're sitting around watching Seinfeld all day, but there's more to it than that. I mean, and I am sitting around watching Seinfeld all day, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's active watching. I know at, in school, my roommates would come home and see me watching TV and it would be, oh, there's Emma on the couch again, watching TV, but it's, it's active watching. It's taking notes while you're watching. It's, you know, every, every show and every movie, there's a structure to it. There's a recipe and it all follows that same recipe, but it's how, it's how they get there. And you really, you have to watch in order to learn. It's, it's research. Watching TV is research. That's good. If somebody comes home and uh, somebody says, you know, get off the couch, you're watching too much TV. So I'm just doing, I'm doing homework. (laughs) Yeah. That, that, that's a great thing. But no, you talked about the second city, which is an improv comedy club in that's based in Chicago. Talk about some of the people that that you worked with and and that you met during the course of your, your studies there. It was interesting because we were the first, uh, we were kind of the guinea pigs. We were the first group of DePaul students that were in coordination with Second City. So we got to have a lot of cool experiences. Like they brought in Eugene Levy from Schitt's Creek to talk to us. They were able to bring in speakers like that. One of my professors, uh, his name was Michael. He, he passed while I had him, but I was fortunate enough to be one of the last groups of students to, to get to Uh, learn from him. And he was a writer for Saturday Night Live. He taught people like Jimmy Kimmel's wife, who helps produce the show. And he just really knew the ins and outs of comedy. He'd been been around it for so long. And to get to learn from him was was huge. And then there was an article in in Chicago uh, on the TV station, I believe, uh, about you delivering the commencement speech in June, uh, you and one of your classmates. And, And then, of course, with what happened in March that that added a whole new twist to what you were doing, right? Yeah, we got to do a, a, a virtual commencement speech. So not only were we the first duo uh, to do a commencement speech, but we were the first uh, virtual duo. And, you know, we we talked about about really that it's not always about what you learn. It's about who you meet. And we were a testament to that. I met two really, really great friends and writing partners in the program and, you know, building those connections and meeting people that I otherwise 
wouldn't have met was an added bonus. When you gave that commencement speech as someone who was just graduating with a uh, screenwriting with concentration comedy, did you did you feel pressure to, to make everybody laugh? I mean, there's always a pressure to make people laugh. You know, you go out and people say, oh, you're a comedian, tell me a joke. But I, I think comedy comes from a truth. And I think that our speech was very honest. And in that there's inherent comedy. And of course, you know, having to do that online, you know, you've performed in, in comedy clubs in, in New York and Philadelphia and, and, and comedy is frequently performed in clubs. And, and these days, the future of any live entertainment is, is a little bit up in the air. In the industry, what, what are people thinking about, you know, in, in terms of like comedy clubs and, and, and where this is gonna go? I mean, for me, I, I really love the writing aspect of stand-up comedy. So that's nice that I can do that every single day. But I think there is a shift towards social media being a huge platform. I mean, you look at something like uh, TikTok, which has blown up during quarantine and gives people the opportunity to, you can have an open mic every single night by putting out your material for the world. Um, you look at somebody like Sarah Cooper, who has been doing comedy for years and found her hitting it big on 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 TikTok. And uh, I've I've definitely gone into that platform myself. My, my family and I, we have a, a a joint account. We've got 40,000 followers and we do comedy as a family and it's it's fun. It's a new it's a new genre. It really is and I think you're seeing the industry I was I've been reading scripts that are all shot on Zoom or all shot through a phone. And so you're definitely seeing a shift into that social media direction. Yeah, and people will always need to laugh, right? I mean, there, there'll, there will always be a place for comedy, right? Absolutely, absolutely. And I think that the internet gives an even broader range for that. You mentioned um, that you perform stand-up. If you wanna go on YouTube and, and search Emma Rosenthal, you can- Or you don't have some... to. <laughs> What's that? Or you don't have to. <laughs> well, they're, they're out there if, you, if you're interested. You, you joke a lot about your height. Yeah, or, I do. Or, or lack thereof. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm small. I've come to accept it. I had to accept it as being one of the shortest goalies in probably the country. And it's, it's fun. You know, <laughs> you make the best with what you got. But do you see your future more as in, in, in performing or writing or, or, or both? Definitely writing. I really enjoy the writing aspect. It, it leaves you open to tell stories from your point of view without you being the lens. I mean, creating characters and worlds that are different than you is, is really cool. And I think that writing is writing's really the direction that, that I'm heading. All right. Well, people can still, can, those videos will be on YouTube forever, right? So if you can always look back on your days as a performer if you've, <laughs> if you've retired from that. But the interesting thing in, in that article that I mentioned earlier, you kind of compared writing as uh, to, to being part of a team in, in sports so, and, and how they were very similar. Yeah, that's the, that's the thing that really leads me to television writing is because, you know, when you're writing movies, you're, you're writing it alone in your room or, or with a writing partner, which I find myself more so writing with a partner. But television writing, 
you're sitting in a room, you're bouncing jokes back and forth, and it really is a, a team sport. You know, you have the one person who's taking charge on the episode, but then you have everybody else who is so important. Um, you know, the person whose biggest strength is structure, the person whose biggest strength is punching up the story. And, um, and that to me is, is like being on a team. And so that, that's the direction that I went ahead because I, I love being a part of a team. And so combining writing and the team sport aspect of it just seems all encompassing to me. Certainly does. Yeah. And let's talk about your time on the team at Muhlenberg playing field hockey. I, I guess you need to have cert, a little bit of comedian in you to play goalie in field hockey, right? Just to have, yeah, I've never had all that stuff. Goalie. <laughs> goalie's a, goalie's a quirky position. You, you gotta, you gotta be able to shake stuff off and, and joke, you know, cause somebody on the field makes a mistake um, and you can move on. A goalie makes a mistake and it lights up on the scoreboard. So you gotta have, you gotta have a fun personality. But your, uh, your your career was no uh, no joking matter. You you were very very successful goalie, uh, two time All Conference, and of course you played on the uh, 2016 team that that won the ECAC championship. So it was serious fun, right? It was serious fun, focused fun, as I like to call it. Talk about your experience at Muhlenberg. Uh, you know, you didn't play much your freshman year. You played your last three years, so you have to have a little bit of patience as a freshman, and then you know just really came on and, and was a three-year starter there for me the not playing started in high school <laughs> I was I was benched through high school so I really didn't see the field at all I hadn't played a full game until my sophomore year of college is that right yeah <laughs> so I like to say that in high school I had a shutout senior season because a goal was never scored on me I mean I never played but a goal was never <laughs> scored on me so I think it's resilience and you know, I, I knew when I came to Muhlenberg that I wanted to play field hockey and I knew that I had the resilience um, from not playing in high school. And it's, you know, about getting better and pushing through. And I think uh, resilience is, is something that for me was a huge part of my uh, entire field hockey career. And then, you know, going into an industry like comedy and writing, resilience holds true you know you're going to hear no a thousand times before you hear yes that's right that's right so that I guess you have like you said you have to just shake stuff off and 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 move on to the next one right that's right and you were on that 2016 team that that won the ECAC championship and and set a school record for 18 wins that has to be a great great memory for you and, and something that you're you're still proud of it really is it's 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 the glory days Mike and I think the thing that's really special about that team is we were really close. We, we were, and I think a lot of teams can say that, but that team, especially we were really close. And um, one thing that quarantine's done is brought a lot of us back together. Right at the beginning of quarantine, we had a Zoom of the entire 2014 team. So my freshman year and reconnected with a lot of people and a good chunk of us still meet on a weekly bi-weekly basis on Zoom. And so, you know, we were seeing, we were placing bets on who was going to be on the all decade team, you know, we were watching all that together. And so that's, that's really fun to still have those strong connections and to have that, that bond of, uh, of winning the 2016 ECAC championship. Now, when you were a member of the Muhlenberg field hockey team, I assume your teammates knew about your comedy and your, you know, your comedy aspirations. Did they look to you for 
lightening the mood or comic relief or making them laugh? Yeah, I, I do think that uh, that some of the times my goofiness got out of hands. But uh, definitely I was uh, a jokester on on and off the field. I, I used to joke with the refs. So it was it, it was fun. And they were super supportive. They came to all of my stand-up shows, all of my improv shows. Uh, one of my roommates thought that it was a joke that I was a theater major. She thought I was doing it for for a bit until graduation day when next to my name it said Emma Rosenthal Theater. <laughs> did joking with the refs get you any uh, any calls go your way? It really did. It really did. If you can make the refs laugh, they'll call back goals. <laughs> Is that right? Oh yeah, I would go up and I'd go, hey, uh, you might want to watch uh, watch number 14. She looks like she's uh, doing some theatrics out there. So I heard she's a theater major. You know, I'd, I'd make little jokes with them uh, like that and and they appreciated it. Some of them, most of them. <laughs> Just depending on the situation, right? Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So we're talking with Emma Rosenthal, a 2018 graduate of Muhlenberg. We've been talking about your uh, experience in in comedy, both as a as a stand-up comedian and as a and as a writer. And and we like to end all of our podcasts with some getting to know you type questions. And and we're expecting some funny answers to these. Okay. Oh, God, Mike, you're putting the pressure on. Uh, <laughs> all right, Emma, what's your favorite quote? My favorite quote's from my mom. She, she told me it's not how you start, it's how you finish. And I think that's really true with life. And we talked a little about resilience earlier. And I think that, that quote holds true there. What is something about you that people would be surprised to learn, other than then you've met Joe Biden? I was going to say, I think people would be surprised about my political involvement. But I guess since we already uh, did that, I think uh, people will be surprised to know um, I have a lazy eye. <laughs> okay. I'm just being <laughs> honest here, Mike. All right. That, that's good. If you could sit down for a meal with any person living or past, who would it be? All right. Now, I listened to Sophie's answer, and she said her family. And I was going to say my family, but I don't want to seem like a hack. So I'm going to say my entire family all the dead ones too. Okay. By the way, thank you for uh, listening to the Muhlenberg Mules podcast. We, we appreciate this. You did your research, right? I did, I did my research, Mike. <laughs> yes, we appreciate that. If a movie was made about your life, who would you want to play you? Um, you know, I told you I have that theater degree and I got to use it sometime. So I'm going to play myself. That, that's how you would probably play yourself being very funny. And you I'm going to write it. I'm going to star in it. The whole shebang. There you go. And it would, I'm sure it would be very, very funny, right? And, and that would be great. So, all right, Emma Rosenthal, thank you for joining us on the on the Muhlenberg Mules podcast. You know, I don't have to say keep laughing because I guess I guess you're all, all, always going to do that, right? And you're always going to try to make other people laugh, right? You got to laugh at yourself or else no one else will. All right, well said. Thanks for joining us, Emma. Thank you, Mike. The Muhlenberg Mules podcast is a production of the Muhlenberg Office of Athletic Communications with Joe Widener, Zoe Keim, and Marty the Mule. If you have any questions or comments, please send us an email at mulespodcast at muhlenberg.edu or call our pod line at 484-664-4001 and leave a message. We will answer questions in future episodes. The Muhlenberg Mules podcast is available on Apple and Spotify and wherever you get your podcast. Please rate and review us and recommend us to your friends. For the latest in Muhlenberg College athletics, please follow us on social media at 
M-U-H-L underscore S-P-O-R-T-S. Until next week, Go Mules! Mules.